your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Hour number three, Phenomenal Football Friday. Nick, Ken, and you here on the BetQL Network. One more hour with our friends on Stadium today, and then the final hour of the show, head on over to twitch.tv backslash BetQL if you would like to watch the final hour, which I would recommend, because in the final hour, in the power hour, we'll give you all our bets coming up for tonight in the NBA, the in-season tournament, the National Hockey League, and we'll give you all our bets and analysis. Week 9 NFL Sunday with all the injury information as it hashtag crosses the wire. We will bring it to you here today on You Better, You Bet. But that's the final hour of the show. Uh, coming up this hour, in 20 minutes, our stadium teammate, our pal Brad Evans, stops by, giving us his favorite prop bets for Week 9 in the NFL. 40 minutes from now, the great Colin Wilson stops by from Big Bets on Campus and the Action Network to go through his entire college football card for the weekend. Love Brad, love when Colin stops by. So that's coming up later this hour. Uh, we're going to board the locomotive coming up in moments. And the same question I always ask you before we board the locomotive, uh, how big is the card this week? And uh, what's your confidence level as we get set to board the locomotive for week 10 in the great sport? Um, yeah, like same as, <clears throat> excuse me, same as most weeks confidence level wise. Just uh, like hasn't really been our year. We're like a couple under 500, like three under, four under. The parlay on Ohio State, Wisconsin was really helpful to, to offset a bunch of that last week. That was fun to watch that land uh, within the number and then go under the total too. And it's like just that that was, I think we said it on Monday, just like the classic game. Like if you didn't bet that game, you watched half of what someone who did bet it watched where like the final 12 minutes, which is like, all right, Ohio State's going to win. Like what's the margin going to be? Um, yeah, pretty confident. I think the card's a little smaller. Like it might be like nine or something like that. Uh, two bets in the same game. Uh, Sam gave out a bet that I also like, which we'll talk about. And I think Tyler likes too. Uh, a lot of the bigger games covered, which is fun. And uh, and then like, spoiler alert, like I'm, I think I'm going to bet Michigan in like every single game the rest of the season to like run up the score against everybody. That just that feels like where we're going. The, the revelations today, which are very like, like, is this account real or not? Gossipy type stuff that's like starting to get out there. So naturally, Kanish, who we have on the show, is sharing every single article that's written by like any blogger in a basement somewhere. Just like even, but it's being retweeted now by like Dan Wetzel and like other reporters and stuff as like just like what what's going on. The story today that like again, the sources, the sources could be like a, a you know a, a lamp with a face that I painted on it and asked it about Michigan or something. Like it doesn't have to be real. That apparently Ohio State is the one are the ones behind the private investigation that led to the evidence of Michigan sign stealing scandal. And they may have like broken laws in order to acquire that information, <laughs> like using like private investigator firms and all this stuff. Like there's a lot more details, which I don't have to go into. Just you read it, and you go, well, this is definitely a conspiracy theory and it's probably not real, but it's college football. So there's at least like a 1% chance that it's real because college football always has the most ridiculous stories and has the most ridiculous stuff happening. So like, I don't think it's like there's a, I, right now there's no like weight to any of it, but the longer this thing goes, it's just consumed this season from like a title standpoint. And it'll, and it's going to end up consuming the discussion of the Heisman trophy too, almost for sure. Especially if Michigan goes undefeated, just like, I don't know where we're going next, but it seems like each day brings something ridiculous. Uh, I'll be playing on Michigan the whole way. It's going to be great. I just uh, perused Kanisha's Twitter timeline, and it is very, he's Alex very Jones right now. Basically, he's, he's like Michigan he's, Alex Jones. Yeah. He's very funny. <laughs> like some of the tweets are very. I will not read them on the air, but they are very funny. So uh, let's say it comes out that Ohio State is behind it, and like Ohio State gets punished. I, 
is it is this like the greatest story in the history of sports? Like what? Yeah, it like is. is this, right? I, I, what I what I wonder is like ten like twenty Vince years McMahon from now. Man couldn't come up with this, right? Like ten twenty years from now, are we going to look back and be like, what, like as we learn everything, be like this is we're actually in the middle of like one of the great scandals. In terms, it's almost like a like a Watergate thing, almost in terms of like there were like break-ins to cover up the thing. Like it's just if Ohio State had anything to do with this, and I'm not saying they did, and all of these reports are completely unsubstantiated, but it's incredible fodder for conversation. Where like if they did, if they did it, um, just like completely ridiculous. I don't like if this has gotten to the point where every day when I wake up, like I don't know what we're gonna get. Like I, it's like and it, and it's it's always something. Every single day, there's a new, like, it doesn't even have to be true. There's just a new wrinkle that somehow, like, extends the conversation about this, like, through the week to the weekend. Like, the game, like, they're playing Purdue this weekend. It's like, does anybody even care anymore? Like, everybody just wants to know more about this. Every Halloween, everybody was dressing up like Connor Stallions, got, like, the cameras and the stands and stuff. There's just always, every day, I don't know what the next story is going to be, which does make it very captivating. Also, like, the Purdue head coach, like, how about, like, stop whining, buddy. Like, enough. Right, final score, like, 71 oh. nothing. by the way. Yeah, like, I mean, like, that. really? Like, just like, I I don't know, man. Um, I guess, like, my my last thing for, do you have a, do you have the Colorado game as part of, lock, a part of a no, locomotive? No, I have it to talk about. I have it as, like, something I okay. was going to go into. But we can do it right now. You want to do it right now? Well, I just, I'll just say that as, like, a Giants fan, I, I saw, like, he who shall not be named, I saw that name written, Pat <laughs> Shermer, and I, like, started, like. Voldepat. Right. I started like convulsing. Like I was really hoping I could live the rest of my life without having to see the name Pat Schirmer again. And now he's going to be calling the place for Colorado. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on there. I'm willing to give Prime the benefit of the doubt. Maybe I shouldn't. I I, I don't know. If you want to, we could do well, it in the locker room. We could do it now if you'd game. like. Yeah, we could, well, we could just do that just for people who didn't see this news. It was very widely shared today. And I was really curious how the market was going to react to it because it's interesting. So Sean Lewis who uh, was the head coach of Kent State, ran like a lightning fast, I called Flash Fast was the name of the offense he tried to run there and didn't like worked, but like took this job as the OC at Colorado and like, okay, like he's got Shadur Sanders, we got these weapons, like are they going to do the same thing? And they were like, you know, playing like Shadur would drop back a ton. They would run a lot of quick passing plays, except that like this past, obviously like they've <laughs> fallen on harder times. They've lost a bunch of games. And this past week, Sanders got hit like an obscene number of times running this offense um, because Colorado's offensive line is not very good and teams bring pressure and there's like, no, there's like the protections a little suspect and Sanders getting hit a lot. And so coach prime, you know, Sanders dad got sacked seven times in the game. Tyler writes in the chat, the hits, I think were many more than that, but it doesn't, it's, you know, you get the idea. He's under pressure a lot. Probably, probably took a lot of hits. Oh, by the way, he's like a first round potential quarterback and his dad is the coach. And so like, okay, this might be partly like we need to make the team better. Also, it might partly be like, hey, let's run an offense where like my son, who's about to be a first round pick, isn't going to like break his knees like every single time he drops back. Like, let's do that. So Lewis has essentially, he hasn't been fired, but he's been like relegated to other responsibilities. And Pat Shermer, who was like not officially on the coaching staff, has to be like, there's like this red tape that has to, he has to be like hired and then he's given the offensive coordinator job and he's going to call the plays and Lewis is going to like signal them in. Like you think about like the quarterback with the sign on the sidelines or something with like the picture of, you know, like Dave Portnoy or something. <laughs> it's like, that's like, that's what it's going to be. Like that's apparently what Sean Lewis is going to do. So you, you read all this and you just go, well, first of all, this kind of sounds like a mess. And it's kind of sounds like Colorado's trying to like hard shift gears in the middle of a season, like to do what? Okay, like, are they going to get blown out? 
are they going to score as much? Like, are their games going to be as high scoring, even if they don't score as much? And the offense is kind of run around a little bit. It's just really interesting. Like, you you hear that. Like, what does that make you want to bet? Or are you like, it's not a big deal, and maybe they'll play better. Like, maybe they'll do that. So I didn't know, like, how the market was necessarily going to interpret it. The, uh, the market for this week's game was Oregon State, like, 12 and a half, 13, and the total was, like, 62. And there really hasn't been, like, a ton of movement. Oregon State got bet out, like, a half point in a couple places and the under got bet a half point in like a, but these are the, you could, you, these are so small. You don't even want to tie them to that story. It could literally just be like somebody bet the under or somebody bet Oregon state. There's like nothing that's happened in the market with this story, but you almost feel like are, are there smart people out there who have figured out that there should be a bet based on this? And like, what is that bet? Or like, how do you interpret this? I don't have a bet in the, I just think it's like a really interesting setup. Like, what do you get from Colorado home game? against like a team that can score a ton, but allows a lot of points, hasn't been great on the road, like could be a really fun game, except now like a new offensive coordinator who's like not even on the staff and is now calling plays and like what's going on. So it, I feel like it could go in a lot of different directions. Well, as a Giants fan, I'll give you the winning bet in this game. Colorado team total under. You better right. be bet with Nick well, McKen, phenomenal football Friday. Oh, Shermer. Right. Yeah, just like, yeah, bet against, bet against Pat Shermer. It was a, a valuable proposition when he was the coach of the Giants. All right, it's officially time now to board the locomotive. Ken Barkley's entire college football card locked to stay five for week 10 in the great sport. College football is the best time of the year. The fight songs. Announcers going crazy. crowd but for nick and ken college football only sounds like one thing oh yeah day five of lochness it's almost time you're going to have to race through these picks because we spent a lot of time talking about all the nonsense in college yeah, football. But we will get to all of it. Ken's entire college football card coming up in moments. But first, we dance. football card for this weekend oh we'll be good don't worry i got it uh we'll start nebraska michigan state i think, I think nebraska might be kind of on to something here i ended up putting a little bit of money on them against purdue last week at just like the the number was doing kind of tricky weird things and i was like i think i like nebraska in this game and they covered and they're they might be on to something and they're still only three against michigan state he seems likely to go to three and a half uh i bet three on Nebraska, just like a play on them throughout the second half of the season. Matt Rule will be like, I'll be curious to see how much their win total over gets bet going into year two with him, especially if they close the season really well. Uh, Oklahoma obviously like loses to Kansas last week and like all in in the game, have a chance, really like a bizarre, not a bizarre finish, just like a, with like a really crazy game and come off that and, uh, and here's Oklahoma State in the last bedlam ever hosting the game and you're getting points. And I'm just going to take them because the, the market's like, you might be like, oh man, like last bedlam, Oak State, like obviously like th they want to win the game anyway. It's not about it being the last one, but just like, how's the market moving on this? The answer is toward Oklahoma. 
And like, I, okay, now I'm good. Now I'm really good to play. This was waiting for at least six. Was hoping for seven. If you want to try to wait, great. Seven's like a key number in college football. Oak State plus six, good enough for me. What's home field worth in this game? Like 75 points the way this is going to play out. Um, like that you're getting Oklahoma off that game. Just like the number the most. Uh, there is a game taking place with like the lowest total in college football history. I actually, I should have checked if it got bet down like even more. Uh, 30 in a couple places now with the uh, with the old Iowa Northwestern game. 30 in a couple places. My philosophy on this game is pretty straightforward. If there's going to be a college football game with a total of 30 and one team is going to be favored by more than a field goal and we're going to be playing at a neutral site, then I would like to take the points. And maybe I am an idiot and maybe that is the most simplistic analysis ever. Also, Northwestern's actually shown you something a bunch so far this year. Like, cool, Iowa can win 10-3. And like, you know what? I probably still made a really good bet, honestly. Uh, I I just have to, like, it's 30. Like, I'm going to take five. Sorry. Like, I, Iowa can win by all kinds of stupid final scores. So Northwestern, there's another bet. Uh, a couple big favorites, actually, that I like. Uh, Cal and USC played a crazy game. Cal's played a couple crazy games so far this year, really high scoring. Uh, I think Oregon's set up for like a, a pretty monster performance here. And I kind of, I thought the number would be a little more. My guess is like Cal USC last week kind of made this projection a little less because Cal showed up big, but I think there's a big difference in Oregon's hosting the game. 24 with the Ducks, lay it is my advice. Uh, Michigan, we already talked about them. Like I'm playing 32 and a half against Purdue. Uh, the like Michigan run up the score angle might sound really stupid. Also, it's not baked into the market whatsoever, which I like. Like if everyone was betting Michigan and this was 37, then like, okay, I kind of get it, but no one's betting it. And I think if they're up, like ask yourself this, if they're up 27, 28 late in the game and they have an opportunity to score or like put take the foot off the pedal, what do you think he's doing? What do you think he's doing? And maybe he doesn't get to that. Maybe they win 13-3. I don't know. Just seems like kind of like an extra edge that you get up three, four touchdowns in the game. Michigan's kind of a run up the score team anyway. Uh, lay it with them, my advice. I like Georgia against Missouri, and Missouri's been awesome this year. This is like a this is a matchup of like the second-ranked team and the 12th-ranked team, which is crazy when you look at Missouri so far this year. Just big step up in class. Georgia had their kind of trip ups earlier in the year, but we saw this last year, they kind of turned into something different. Georgia laying points like them also. Uh, and then a couple more. Boston College is a straight over team forever. Go over in almost every game that they play. They catch Syracuse off the most brutal schedule run I've ever seen. I think Syracuse gives you a way better performance at Florida State, at North Carolina, at Blacksburg in a night game. That's the last three Syracuse games. Now it's home BC and you get less than a field goal. Yep. Uh, Syracuse two and a half and the over. Uh, those are probably my two favorite bets. Can't wait for it to be 13-10 Boston College. Like those two. Uh, and then I'm with Sam. Last bet, I like the over in Washington, USC. It's impossibly high. And I don't I don't care. There's an impossibly high joke to make there with California too, probably at some point. So I like the over in that game as well. That's the last one. And if you're going to make that joke, then we would encourage you to bet Nottingham Forest this weekend. You know the trees. The tricky and that's trees. the locomotive. Well, yeah, well, the, uh, this, this is a nice little, nice, nice little way to, nice alley-oop there to end the segment. Uh, that's the locomotive, Ken's entire college football card for the weekend. On the other side, we get the best prop bets coming up for week nine in the NFL with our stadium teammate, our pal, Brad Evans. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Uh, Jim Nance with a call a couple weeks ago on CBS. You know, we were going to play a Patrick Mahomes highlight from this past Sunday against Denver, but uh, there are none. Right, here's like, the highlights. Like, Patrick Mahomes back to pass, like, Like, did we record him? Like, did Jim Nance do play-by-play of, like, him getting a flu shot? We're going to play that. You're just going to feel the slightest prick. 
this. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of uh, many places we can go from there. Uh, Colin Wilson will stop by in 20 minutes from the Big Bets on Campus podcast, The Action Network, going to give us his college football plays for the weekend. 40 minutes from now, final hour, power hour of the show. If you're watching on Stadium, you want to check out the final hour of the show, twitch.tv backslash betql. All our hockey plays for tonight, the NBA best of the best, the end season tournament starts tonight, and then all our plays, thoughts, injury news, week nine in the National Football League, all cut up in the final hour, the power hour of the show but maybe just maybe Patrick Mahomes will have a bounce back coming up this weekend in Germany when the Chiefs uh, play the host quote-unquote the Miami Dolphins joining us right now to talk about the Chiefs and the Dolphins and the rest of the slate coming up this weekend in the NFL is our good friend our stadium teammate the great Brad Evans. You watch Brad here on Stadium, uh, weekdays, noon Eastern, live on the line, great sports betting television show, and Brad's podcast, sports betting podcast, The Fade Five. Check it out wherever you find your podcasts. Brad on Twitter, at Noisy Huevos, my friend. Welcome back to the show. Nick and Ken, hola, amigo. How you doing? Hola, amigos! I had a hell of a night uh, on the NFL Gridiron last night, so I got plenty of opportunities to give it all back to the sports book this weekend. So let's ride. Well, and, and Brad, we we played that Mahomes clip, and Nick's like, maybe he's gonna have a bounce back. They're playing Miami. It's like the 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 German game, Der Klassiker in the NFL at nine thirty a.m. Eastern time. Interesting action in this game. The Dolphins got bet early this week, and there was really no buyback on the Chiefs at all. Chiefs basically like a one and a half point favorite everywhere, but a high total usually lends itself to prop overs. Total fifty. Uh, does Mahomes have a bounce back performance? Uh, I think he does, and I uh, wagered on the over two and a half passing touchdowns. Uh, you know, he's uh, properly hydrated now, and hopefully he's uh, shaking all the ill effects of that uh, case and bout of the flu, which really dragged him down uh, tremendously against the Denver Broncos. Uh, really, uh, you know, a team with a couple of hooves in the glue factory, but uh, ultimately, uh, you look at Miami, this game is going to be high scoring. Uh, we know the secondary of the Dolphins, uh, even though they're getting healthier, we still have some question marks. So this seems like a get-right spot for Patty Mahomes. And the fact that you can get the over on two-and-a-half passing touchdowns, and I grabbed it plus money immediately at BetMGM when it opened at plus 130, and I immediately took advantage of that opportunity. But honestly, guys, my favorite wager in this game is a, a guy that uh, Patty Mahomes could be chucking the pill to uh, deep down the field, and that's Justin Watson. I am shocked. I am just absolutely floored that his receiving yards prop is only 17 and a half in this game, and I gobble that up promptly and immediately. I mean, he's averaging over 21 yards per catch. He's one of the NFL League leaders in ADOT. He is number one in yards per target, and typically, you know, it gets this in one play. So a single play payday. And it's not like this Miami defense, especially on the back end, is all that frightening. So, see Deutsch, Justin Watson, give me the over. 17 and a half receiving yards. And that's all the German I know outside of sauerkraut. Uh, Dunk Shane for the picks for the Chiefs and the Dolphins coming up on <laughs> Sunday morning. Uh, Brad, I, I know you, I see you have a bet here for the Browns-Cardinals game, and I think this is one that's kind of flummoxing a lot of people, right? Deshaun Watson is now expected to start for Cleveland, gets a full practice in today on Friday. But, I mean, that that doesn't mean he's going to finish the game. Obviously, he started against the Colts a couple weeks ago, and Kevin Stefanski pulled him very early in the game for P.J. Walker. And for Arizona, like, we think it's going to be named that Clayton Toon. We'll see. Maybe it'll be Kyler Murray. Like, no official announcement there. We think it'll be Clayton Toon. But, Brad, you got a prop bet that you like for this game. What is it and why for the Browns on the cards? 
Yeah, man, I am a true hunter-gatherer on Kareem Hunt, and he's going to be hunting and gathering uh, some end-zone action. I got him for any time touchdown this game, uh, and I cannot believe the Jews uh, got grabbing at plus 145. Uh, anywhere in the plus money territory, I think, is extraordinary value on this prop. I think he, it's a foregone conclusion with the running backs for Cleveland is going to find the end zone in this one. And, I, you know, my money's on Hunt to splash Pater because he looked for the last three weeks. Well, he scored every single game uh, during that stretch, and he's gotten three red zone touches in all three of those matchups as well. And then you look at the Arizona Cardinals. They've given up a dozen combined touchdowns to the running back position along with 4.45 yards per carry uh, to RBs as well. And you would uh, anticipate a positive game script uh, given the ugliness of that uh, backfield uh, at the quarterback position for the Arizona Cardinals and their friendliness as well and just overall defense. So Kareem Hunt going to score me some cold, hard cash, at least I hope, on an anytime touchdown. Again, I grab a plus 145. And as, as Nick alluded to, to Bradwick, we got it. Okay, it's it's Deshaun Watson against Clayton Toon. Well, that, that seems like the worst possible thing for Arizona. I wonder if the point <laughs> spread got that out. And, oh, oh look, 10. Oh, oh, oh look, what, oh, look uh, what happened. Everybody was like, like uh, Cleveland, Cleveland, like out to 10 in a bunch of places. This was like eight and a half, seven and a half for most of the week. Uh, why don't we talk about another game with quarterback uncertainty, this Rams-Packers game. Matthew Stafford officially listed as questionable earlier today. So maybe the Rams, Puka Nakua questionable too. Maybe the Rams offense we're not so sure about. I think we are kind of sure the Packers offense has just been brutal. They've really struggled. But they also get a yeah. Rams defense that hasn't been very good, and they get them at home. So I think you feel like if there was a bounce back for the Packers, like this would have to be it. You know, it's back-to-back home games, Rams defense defense any props here any thoughts on maybe we get a better effort from the Packers offense yeah a couple of props I do like in this game one is yet to surface and I want everybody to keep their eye out for my guy Royce Freeman yeah that's right turn the key on the Rolls Royce baby he's back all my fantasy dynasty shares are somehow still alive uh he found the end zone last week uh yeah likely going to be at a full-blown time cheer yet again with Daryl Henderson in this game and as you said we have no idea who's going to be under center taking snaps for the LA Rams uh but you know whatever the number opens at for Royce Freeman I'm going to immediately grab it a uh, guy that's seen uh, 43% of the snap share last couple of weeks, uh, 12 attempts for 66 yards, 9 for 44 of those back-to-back games, a very impressive 3.90 yards after contact per attempt, and he's forcing a missed tackle 33.3% of the time. So I expect him to get you know another probably 9 uh, to a dozen carries in this game, and Green Bay has been woeful defending the run all season long. Number 25 in EPA rush defense, giving up 3.99 yards per carry. Nothing to scoff at there, but they've also allowed 102.7 rush yards per game. So even if he gets 10 totes, I think Royce Freeman's got a great shot at 50 yards, and I fully expect this prop when it does open uh, at Bet MGM to be probably in low 40s, maybe in the upper 30s. The other uh, prop that I love in this game on the other side of the ball is Jaden Reed. And I grabbed on the over at 32.5 receiving yards uh, against the Rammies. Uh, the Rammies have poorly defended slot wide receivers all season long. Uh, they've had sketchy coverage in that capacity. Reed, uh, not really a, tr- a chunk gainer. He is kind of a nibbler to snack sizes uh, with some of the catches that he gets. But I think this could be a three to five reception game uh he gets that three to five receptions overall i think he's got a top the 32 and a half needed in this matchup so Jaden reed for me and then again keep your eyes out and be able to press pedal to the metal on Royce freeman rush yards
You better, you bet with Nick and Ken on a phenomenal Friday. We are talking week nine in the NFL with our friend Brad Evans from uh, from Stadium Sports Betting Television Show, live on the line, noon Eastern here on Stadium, one of our stadium teammates in the Fade 5 podcast as well on Twitter at Noisy Huevos. Brad, curious your thought here on the Colts running back group. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was amazing last week for Indianapolis in the first half of uh, of their game, and then like... All of a sudden, here's like Zach Moss in the second half. It was it struck me as very weird. I kind of felt like Taylor was hurt. He said he wasn't. Shane Steichen said he wasn't. Also, like I, I don't know if I believe them from the game last week against the New Orleans Saints. What are your expectations this week for Jonathan Taylor as the Colts take on the Panthers in Carolina? Well, yeah, Saint uh, Steichen's come out and said it's a hot hand situation. But who is going to have fiery fingers in this game? Oh, it's Jonathan Taylor. My goodness, he is going to be a stallion in this effort. I believe, and I cannot believe the number uh, where I grounded sixty-four and a half rush yards was available, and for a very long time, and the juice really didn't move uh, at BetMGM and some of the other various sports books that are out there. I know the number has come up a little bit, but I would play this sucker. I might ladder this honestly uh, to like seventy-five yards. Uh, there is a decent shot he could crack the century mark in this game. Why? It's all about maximizing the matchup. Uh, the Carolina Panthers are clawless. They're perless. They suck. Uh, number 32 at EPA rush defense on the season. They're going to over five yards per carry, over 126 rush yards per game. Uh, so even if he you know, has cooler fingers and what I am anticipating, let's say he gets around 13 to 15 carries in this game, I still believe there's going to be plenty of meat on the bone for him to surpass the number needed in the 60s right now at BetMGM. And I tell you what, guys, why not just take Zach Moss as well? On the over on rush yards, um, I seen colleague Tank Williams alive and lie today did exactly that after I uh, sung all the praises of John the Taylor. Uh, you look at Zach Moss, it's only 43 and a half rush yards right now. That's where I grabbed it at MGM as well. I think both these guys comfortably are going to have a day. Moss probably somewhere in the 55 to 65 range. And again, John the Taylor has got a decent shot. It's entirely realistic. He finishes this contest with 100 yards. And one thing to also keep in mind, pace of play. Indy flies up and down the field. It doesn't matter what kind of defense they're going against. And uh, they definitely not face a soft defense like the Carolina Panthers the past couple of weeks. It's a high possession game, plenty of opportunities. And I think John the Taylor, Zach Moss, all the Colts running backs are going to take advantage of that. Brad, there's a, a bunch of games this week affected by like the trade deadline and some of the moves we saw made, maybe none more so obviously like the Vikings quarterback situation, but also just this commander's Patriots game where one of the commander's strengths was obviously their defensive line. They trade Chase Young, they trade Montez Sweat. Okay, those guys aren't going to play Sunday. The market initially responded by by New England getting bet out like, oh, Washington's worse. They don't have these players. And then we've seen something really interesting yeah. the last 24 hours where all this Washington money has started to come back in, goes back to three. It's actually two and a half in a bunch of places right now. So we've even come off three wow. in this game and maybe think, OK, like a little bit more scoring. The over has gotten bet about a half point, full point yeah. in, the, in the last couple of days because Washington won't be able to get pressure on on opposing quarterbacks. What are you doing with this game? Seems like kind of a tough one to figure out. Washington, obviously, without their two edge rushers against New England. Yeah, and a lot of people right now on the Mac Jones bandwagon, and I can't bet on a dude whose name is really McCorkle. I just can't uh, buy into it, and a number of people have. My colleagues on Lava Line are uh, one of them. I, I was just absolutely shocked, almost dismayed, uh, the the positivity that was being uh, thrown about about Mac Jones, whether on pass yards or passing touchdowns. I'm looking at the other side of the ball here, and the one uh, prop that I'm really zeroing in on is Logan Thomas. 
Uh, I love the overall receiving yards for him. You know, Curtis Samuel's got a bum toe. Uh, not exactly 100%. We're not entirely sure 100% he's going to play in this game. Uh, but you look at uh, Logan Thomas, uh, a guy that's seen – uh, you know, oodles of action here last few weeks. He has gone over this prop. In fact, he's gone over 40 yards in five of his last seven games. Uh, he's playing uh, a ton of action in the slot. Right around 40% of his snaps are coming in at that point of the field, a 5.3 targets per game. And you look at the opposition here in New England, they have really struggled in slot coverage uh, for much of the year. Dalton Kincaid had a monster game against him. Uh, you look at Jake Ferguson, also went over 70 yards. A uh, mayor from... Uh, Las Vegas also top 70 yards at the tight end position against his defense. So it's really set up for him to smash one out of the park. And uh, I think he's going to, you know, cash in with a really a, a sweat free wager here on the over 33 and a half receiving yards. And I play this up to really like 44 and a half. It could be 50 plus uh, by the end of the game for Logan Thomas. Brad, let's close with this. I have about 60 seconds to go. Any other yeah. bet could be a side, could be a total, could be a prop. Anything else that you really love coming up for week nine in the NFL, please, for our listeners and viewers. Yeah, under the prime time lights, uh, Josh Allen, give me the over on rush yards. I grabbed that number 26 and a half. I played up to like 34 and a half. A uh, guy that's gone for at least 36 in three games. Uh, the coaching staff said, hey, we got to design more runs for him. They did so against Tampa. He had a season high seven rush attempts for 41 yards in that game. And you look at Cincinnati, number 23 in rush EPA defense. They're giving up 27.9 rush yards per game, the quarterback position. If Brock freaking purdy can run for 57 yards i sure as hell can get 27 out of josh allen absolutely love that prop on sunday night football i was on the allen prop last week against tampa rushing yards it wasn't no so we got that got that one in the first quarter it was great yep. brad a little birdie told me actually it was you you told me off air before you came on you already <laughs> had a college basketball bet loaded in the account coming up for early next week now i don't know if you're waiting to give this out on one of your shows if, if so that's totally fine but are you uh, at liberty to share what that bet is here in about 15 seconds for our listeners and viewers on monday it's the fighting Jackrabbits of South Dakota State. Uh, they've got arguably the best player at the Summit in Zeke Mayo. Can absolutely score. Uh, they're going to pile up the points, not play any defense whatsoever. They're taking on Akron. They're at home. Akron is supposed to win the MAC. They have front court depth and size. But South Dakota State, I think, squeaks one out the opener. I laid the point a half. Let's go. College basketball's nearly here. I love it. Can you can you do that again with the Jackrabbits and like that? I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Can you do that for like, us one more time? Like Fight Dukes. Jackrabbit. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I'll just tell you, I don't know. Knock this, this microphone off, which is great. I, I don't know if like that's always been your thing, Brad, or if like, you just like stumbled upon yes. that improvisational genius. But like yeah, <laughs> that needs to be your thing because it's really good. My yeah. friend, best of luck with the bets this weekend. And we'll talk to you next week here on the show. Fight the sports books with the Jackrabbits. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Brad's on stadium, noon Eastern weekdays, live on the line. Coming up next, Colin Wilson from the Action Network. College football bets for the weekend. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Now over the middle, right back to head to Harrison, who's going to get that stride and find the touchdown. Deja vu for one of the best weapons in all of college football. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. 
Uh, Marvin Harrison scoring last week against Wisconsin, courtesy of the call goes to NBC. He's obviously been awesome. Maybe win the Heisman Trophy when it's all said and done. Uh, this is our final segment for the uh, for the day on Stadium. So if you're watching us right now on Stadium, we appreciate you. And you want to check out the final hour of the program, which I would recommend because we'll give you all our bets for tonight, hockey and basketball. And we'll give you all our thoughts coming up week nine NFL Sunday with all the latest injury information. Flip on over in about 10 minutes, twitch.tv backslash betql, twitch.tv backslash betql to watch the final hour of the show today. You can also watch on YouTube and listen in all the billion places you can find the show, including Sirius Channel 217 and XM Channel 205. But before we get to the final hour of the show, we have to uh, have our weekly hashtag visit. Love that good visit with our good friend, Colin Wilson from the Action Network. Colin is one of the best in the business on the Mount Rushmore of, of uh, guests for You Better You Bet. Um, you got to check out his college football and college sports betting podcast, Big Bets on Campus. It features other friends of You Better You Bet, Brett McMurphy and Stucky. So they support us, support them. Check out Big Bets on Campus, and you can read Colin's work at the Action Network and all his bets on the Action Network app and follow him on Twitter at underscore Colin one Colin spelled of course with two L's my friend welcome back to the show Nick and Ken happy week 10 in college football happy week 10 you believe there's a month left I I am so happy to be back um by the way don't tell anyone else this is my favorite show outside of the action network sphere this is my favorite show so I'm glad to be back with you guys love that yeah I mean it's obviously November Thanksgiving at the end of the month that's like you know final weekend of the season right that we were just my wife and I were making like what are we doing on Black Friday like what are we doing the next day on that Saturday was like well that's that's Michigan Ohio State that's like you know Iron Bulls that weekend that's all that stuff and championship Saturdays right after that so you're right first playoff rankings came out last week kind of coming down to the wire here Heisman also seems undecided which isn't always true in some seasons usually like goes to the last few weeks but feels like we have no clarity right now maybe on what's happening maybe you disagree Colin and I'll give you a lot of credit because you know we, I usually ask you about the Heisman when you come on the show because I'm just really interested in what you have to say. And last week, you made like a, a pretty like confident statement that the the buy last week was Bo Nix at a really big number, like 20, 25 to one. Obviously lost to Washington a few weeks ago, but that's the only loss for Oregon. And you kind of made the case for why this was going to improve a lot. Now we all woke up Monday morning or Sunday morning when the markets reopened. We look at the market this week. Oh, Bo Nix is like five to one. He's like actually like the third choice in the market. Is that... You don't have to like say that you want to bet him anymore. You, you got what you wanted, the price rep, but is he the most likely player to win to you now? Or like, how do you handicap these other candidates with McCarthy and the scandal and Michael Penix Jr. and Marvin Harrison, who we obviously just played to, uh, to kick off the segment? This entire Michigan story is just growing legs. Like it's going in directions I can't even keep up with. I mean, I, the reporting now is that all the coaches and the administrators are asking the Big Ten to do something about Michigan now, in the season now. Uh, and that is something that none of us expected. You know, this is going to take 18 months, these violations. We thought Harbaugh would be gone to the NFL. Uh, McCarthy could win the Heisman. Michigan go to the playoff and get beat in the semifinals again. All this crap was going to happen, but now they want the Big Ten to take action, in which you have to wonder, does that affect the Heisman votes? Does that affect, you know, I, I'm going to vote based on what happens on the field. I'm, I'm not sure how much sign stealing benefits J.J. McCarthy. At the same time, I... I'm not buying the, the pole position leader any weeks on this Heisman because it switches. You have to have your moment. Now, who has moments left to have? Well, J.J. McCarthy does, but so does Carson Beck, right? And Bo Nix has still got a chance to go to the Pac-12 championship game. He's going to get Caleb Williams next week. I mean, there's just still a lot out there. Don't buy the guy in the pole position. Don't ever think that's a good idea until we get to conference championship weekend. So, it, it, it you know, last week, you know, bonanza of Oregon and Bonix, whatever we could do this week. I was a little bit more timid because 
the one team that's not Oregon that has the easiest path for the Heisman and the team is Florida State, right? I mean, there's just no resistance in this path for them. There's no resistance for Jordan Travis. He's got, you know, everything laid out in front of him. The numbers are not great, but they're not the clubhouse leaders. So Florida State and Jordan Travis should get your attention this week. Next week, we got some big decisions to make with USC, who I think wins this weekend, upsets Washington, goes up to Oregon. That's a huge game. Absolutely love it. And maybe we'll do a little bit more on that USC game coming up here in Colin. Let's hit some of the biggest games here. And like we're talking the Heisman Trophy, right? Jaden Daniels of LSU is plus 450. And I'm not saying like advocating a bet on him. Just like, hey, it's a segue to talk about this game with LSU and Alabama. Bama in between a three and three and a half point home favor, total 61 and a half. Let's start our game breakdowns here in the SEC. What do you have, if anything, Colin, for for, uh, Alabama and LSU? I did take Alabama minus three. I feel like my handicapping is different than everybody else in the world. I, I just, I, I kind of throw myself in a bubble on Monday and Tuesdays and I don't do texts and I don't do anything. And what I came down to is both Alabama and LSU run heavy inside zone, right? They like to get the snap to their quarterbacks. They like to read the middle and the, and the outside linebacker and make a decision what they're going to do. Now, who's the better defense at defending that? Alabama has a 59% success rate against inside zone. LSU's defense, 44% success rate. They're terrible at defending inside zone. They're terrible at defending downfield passes. This is a narrative that everybody's playing out, that LSU is really bad on defense. That is true. When you go to the Alabama defense, Terry and Arnold and Malachi Moore are two of the best slot corners in the nation. So when Jaden Daniels decides that he can't run that inside zone, he's going to try to hit Malik Neighbors against two of the best slot corners in the nation. So I do love Alabama in this spot. I will say there's a lot of money. There's a lot of people that are on this Alabama minus three. But if you ask the books, there's about 10 of them that I looked at this morning. They're all heavy on LSU money line. Boy, would Alabama win by one or two, not wipe the table with everybody. (laughs) So I just be cautious with that. I love Alabama in this game. Not backing down from my bet, but it's there. It's like that that roulette imagery where like you're, you're watching your friends play at the table and they all have all these numbers covered except for like double zero. And it's like double zero. And the person just sweeps yeah. the arm all the way across the table and just all the chips like, oh, man, I don't know. But have, you, have you been at the table where it light the numbers light up and like it instantly oh, knows yeah. you're a loser? It like, is depressing. It's yeah. so great. I've also been at the ones with the triple zero. Not a fan, obviously. <laughs> a quadruple zero in our future, probably at some point. The way uh, the way they have a sad state of roulette right now. We could do a segment about yep. that. Uh, that's fine. Let's seek out the seek out the European wheel. That's my advice to everybody and, and pay the higher, higher limit for it. Uh, you said you wanted to talk about USC Washington. You predicted an upset or you predicted a, a game result. Small point spread. So now I have to ask you about that. I was going to ask you about Iowa and a total of like 17. But let's do USC instead. You're saying you think the Trojans might win. Obviously, like all in against Cal last week. Like one of the really the yeah. craziest game of the weekend usc somehow wins in like a really bizarre game they're just a three-point dog at home to washington who was obviously everyone's darling earlier in the season but hasn't looked great recently washington by three the total is 77 and a half if you have thought on the total as well but uh you like usc in this game tell us why yeah i like usc in this game and and i think what you have to do is you go back and you see well washington just struggled with stanford and arizona state how is it that the undefeated team in the pac-12 is struggling with these terrible teams that aren't going to make a bowl You go back and look at the defenses that they're playing. I go back to personnel. Two, four, five, two, three, sixes. I mean, they're running two men on the line of scrimmage, running nine outside the box, daring Washington to run the ball. And what does Washington do? They don't run the ball. They run the ball like 17 of their 55 plays per game. And so what that's done is that's created a thing where they've just been completely forcing Michael Penix to throw into this double coverage on everybody. They've had some injuries with Jalen McMillan. 
and Kalen DeBoer has decided, I'm just going to keep throwing because that's the best part of our offense. We're not going to run the ball. Well, guess what kind of defense USC runs? And I cannot believe, I'm, I must be living on the moon that I'm making some sort of bet on USC's defense, but they run a two-man front with nine guys back in coverage. And if Washington tries to keep forcing this, USC is different than Arizona State, and they're different than Stanford. They have the offense to beat you completely, and I, that's what's going to happen with the Trojans here because Washington is bullheaded, and they do not realize that you can run the ball, and it's going to get them in a lot of trouble this weekend. You better you bet with Nick and Ken. Phenomenal football Friday, college football bets for the weekend with Colin Wilson from the Action Network, the Big Bets on Campus podcast on Twitter at underscore Colin1. Colin spells with two L's. My friend, we'd like to hit you with a couple more here. Don't have a ton of time left, so let's enter lightning round territory. What do you have for us in Texas and K-State? Longhorns laying three and a half, total 49 and a half in the Big 12. Kansas State has run concepts Texas has never seen. We're talking pulling guards. We're talking counter. We're talking all kinds of run blocks. If you look at what Texas has faced this year, it hasn't been any of that. It's a complete mystery. Malik Murphy's pressure, when he gets pressure, he goes down 30%, adjusts the completion rate, take Kansas State with the points. Colin, uh, Colorado announced earlier today that Sean Lewis isn't going to be calling the plays anymore. Pat Shermer is going to call the plays, but they have to promote him. Yeah. And there's all this stuff, and Sean Lewis is going to signal him in. It sounds like a mess. Uh, did that make you want to bet anything in Oregon State, Colorado, with Oregon State laying a little less than two touchdowns here in about a minute? Yeah, I took Colorado, and I took the under here. Col uh, Sean Lewis, we all know, flash fast Kent State, runs sixth fastest pace in the nation. Well, guess what? Now they're going to run the ball and they're going to go a lot slower. You have to wonder at what point where Sean Lewis like, here's the play and says, screw it. I'm going to send in my own. But no, I mean, th this makes Colorado more of a running team and it makes them more of an under team. So that's how I bet it. Uh, what's your favorite bet that we have not yet talked about side or total for this weekend in college football? Can you believe that Dabo Sweeney is going to beat Notre Dame this weekend? They are. They're, they're going to win this game. So much fumble <laughs> regression, so much turnover regression. Notre Dame, uh, Clemson plays, is top five in both rush and pass EPA. They're going to stop Notre Dame from this explosive drive that they've had. So take Clemson. Uh, it's not, it's good enough it. for me. It I love when it's like, I love when it's like, oh, uh, you know, can, can you believe this team's going to win? Be like, you know, the limits are like pretty big. Like, I, I guess I should go bet on that since it's like going to happen since I like looked in the crystal ball. Were you going to ask him like a wrestling question? What were you going to do? Yeah, but go ahead. Do go do another one and then we can close with the wrestling if we have time. Oh, yeah. If I want to lay Michigan against everyone the rest of the season, am I stupid? It's already inflated. I don't know if what, what your PRs say, but it's already inflated by four or five points 32? against Purdue. And it, yeah, Purdue? it should be. Inflated? It should be. Yeah, I mean, I mean. What are you going to do with that money anyways? Are you going to go get some extra Chipotle? I, I don't know. Like, I, Can you bet Purdue? Can you? I can't. I can't bet Purdue, but it's too high. I love, love me a good burrito bowl. Uh, Colin, we got Crown Jewel coming up here. What's a bet for us in wrestling here? We only have about 20 seconds for the answer. They want LA Knight to extend this Roman Reigns series to, to, uh, to the Royal Rumble. That's in January. You got two months to play between this series. This is the first time LA Knight is gone. He is 9-1. to one underdogs are cashing in wwe events let's get a little money down wait so hold on you He's think not gonna LA title. Gonna... it's a okay. run-in scam he wins he wins doesn't doesn't win the title so he wins like by dq or something you're saying yeah, he's not gonna yeah, win absolutely. the title because if, if la knight wins the title i'll eat my cell phone if that actually happens uh yeah. colin what what's everybody saying right now about la knight oh la knight yeah. Yeah. The great Colin Wilson joining us here on You Better You Bet. Uh, on Twitter, Ken, Ken, Ken's like, what the hell are these, these nerds You're talking all about? You're ridiculous. 
That's okay. uh, yeah. at, on Twitter at underscore Colin one Colin with two L's. Check out big bets on campus. Check out his work at the action network. My friend, we sincerely appreciate it. I would throw in another wrestling catchphrase, but I feel like we hit, we hit our quota. Uh, good luck with the bets. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks guys. The great Colin Wilson joining us here on the show. You want to watch the final hour? You're watching on stadium twitch.tv backslash betql. Yeah. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.